ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are in chapters 4 through 11 of Ezekiel, which is one of the major prophets in the Christian Old Testament Bible. Dr. Betts, my old tea professor, said that the key words for Ezekiel are the restoration of Israel. As a reminder, Ezekiel, as well as King Jehoiakim of Judah, were in the second group of exiles taken to Babylon in 597 B.C. We learned in chapter 1 verse 2 that Ezekiel the priest was called by God as a prophet in the fifth year of the king's exile. So that places the timeline around 592 BC. Jerusalem did not get burnt down until 587-586 BC. So the first half of Ezekiel is during the 10 years before that happened. The second half of the book is after the temple and the city become fully wiped out. In these chapters, we have prophecies of judgment against Judah and explanations for the judgment. As mentioned yesterday, Ezekiel is called to use various ways of communicating, thus says the Lord. Sometimes he just comes out and says it. Other times he uses poetic form or speeches. Sometimes he is an object lesson and sometimes he sees visions and shares them. Chapter 4 starts with an object lesson. The Lord refers to Ezekiel as the son of man, and he is to go and get a brick which represents Jerusalem, and he is to show how it will become under siege. This becomes a sign to the house of Israel, to those Jews who are in exile. Then starting in verse 4, he is to lie on his left side for 390 days, which represents Ezekiel bearing the iniquity of the house of Israel, the northern tribe, which is already wiped out. And then he will lay on his right side and bear the iniquity of the house of Judah for 40 days, a day for each year. He was tied down with ropes so that he could not turn over. Even though this sounds horrible, It was nothing compared to what Judah faced. The Lord then told him he could only eat bread cooked over a fire made with human dung and drink water, and both were rationed. At first Ezekiel said, I cannot, Lord, for I have never eaten anything defiled. So the Lord allowed it to be cooked over cow dung instead. This represented how scarce bread and water became in Jerusalem, especially when it became under siege against Babylon. The next object lesson starts in chapter 5, and Ezekiel was to take his hair and beard and cut it off. One-third he was to burn in fire, one-third struck with a sword, and one-third scattered in the wind, and of those a sword would follow them. Then a few strands of hair he was to take and bind them in the edges of his robe, verse 3. This represented one-third of the Jews in Jerusalem would die by plague or be consumed by fire, one-third by the sword, and one-third will be scattered to every wind and a sword will follow them where they go. All of this is happening because the Jews defiled themselves and the Lord, and they did not follow his ways. 
They became so corrupt that idols had filled the temple. They followed other gods, and they even did human sacrifices. The wrath of the Lord is now upon them. And verse 13 says, Then they will know that I, the Lord, have spoken in my zeal when I have spent my wrath upon them. This phrase, that they will know that I am the Lord, is written throughout Ezekiel. In chapter 6, the Lord spoke again to the Son of Man, Ezekiel, and he was to set his face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. On the mountains were placed idolatrous worship places that greatly displeased the Lord. In verse 8 of chapter 6, we see the word remnant, that small group of people that will be spared. By the way, That was what those few pieces of hair that Ezekiel put in the edge of his robe represented. The Lord always has a remnant, a few good men and women who faithfully follow the Lord. For instance, the prophet Jeremiah was still in Jerusalem at this time, prophesying to the people there. In verses 10, 13, and 14 say again, that they will know that I am the Lord. Thankfully, with this object lesson, Ezekiel only needed to clap his hands and stomp his foot and proclaim the message of the Lord. Chapter 7 begins, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me again, saying, And you, son of man, thus says the Lord God to the land of Israel, An end! The end is coming on the four corners of your land. One thing that gets repeated is the word your They are in this mess because of your ways and your admonitions. One thing a friend of mine said in college, the worst thing that the Lord could ever say to us is, the Lord would say, your will be done. We also see in chapter 7, the day is coming, verse 10, and the time has come and the day has arrived. The temple of the Lord was profaned, and the Lord's wrath was coming, and they will know that I am the Lord. It's mentioned in verses 4, 9, and 27 in chapter 7. As chapter 8 begins, Ezekiel is sitting in his house with the elders of Judah sitting with him, and the hand of the Lord fell on him there. He saw a similar vision as in chapters 1 and 2. He beheld a likeness as the appearance of a man, and he was glowing as before. It says, He took a hold of a lock of Ezekiel's hair and brought him in his vision to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the north gate on the inner court, where the seat of the idol of jealousy, which provokes to jealousy, was located. Verse 4, And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, like the appearance which I saw in the plain. The God of Israel spoke to the son of man, Ezekiel, and he showed him the abominations that were done in the temple. Now keep in mind that Ezekiel was trained as a priest for this temple, so he knew exactly what these visions revealed. Dr. Betts called him a prophetic priest or even a priestly prophet. We then see a phrase which is repeated, but yet you will see still greater admonitions. 
Also in verse 6 of chapter 8, the Lord says, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abominations which the house of Israel are committing here, so that I would be far from my sanctuary. It is their sin that is moving the Lord away from Jerusalem. So the first admonition was at the entrance with the idol of jealousy. Next, Ezekiel was shown a hole in the wall of the temple, which he was to dig through. He saw idolatrous forms such as creeping things, beast and detestable things carved on the walls of the temple. In front of them were 70 elders of the house of Israel. Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, was mentioned. For his name to have been mentioned, Ezekiel must have known him. We have heard of Shaphan in 2 Kings 22 verses 8 through 10, when the temple was being cleaned out and the book of the law was found. Shaphan, the scribe, was the man who brought it to King Josiah, the last good king, and at the king's request they sought wisdom from Huldah the prophetess, who said, yes, judgment is coming to Jerusalem because of their idolatry, but because the king has a tender heart for the Lord, it will not happen until later. It seems that in the vision of Ezekiel, the son or the grandson of Shaphan was now one who was in the temple and leading in idolatrous worship. In verse 12, those men are saying, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. We then see the phrase again in verse 13, yet you will see still greater admonitions, which they are coming. Then Ezekiel sees women sitting and weeping for Tammuz, a Greek pagan god of marriage, which usually had female prostitution mixed with it. But there was even a greater admonition. Verse 15, men were at the entrance of the temple between the porch and the altar where only priests were to be. And they were bowing down eastward to the sun, worshiping it. And the Lord said, I have had enough. This leads us to chapter 9, when the Lord calls the executioners of the city, six with a destroying weapon in their hands. Then there was a man clothed in linen with a writing case at his loins, and he stood by the bronze altar. The glory of the God of Israel went up from the cherub and called to the man clothed in linen who had the writing case, verse 3. And he said, Go through the midst of the city, even through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations which are being committed in its midst. After the man in linen went through, Then the executioners came through and they left from the Lord's sanctuary and they were not allowed to touch anyone with the mark on their forehead. Does that sound familiar to you? They started with the elders who were before the temple. Verse 6. As Ezekiel watched, he cried out unto the Lord and asked if the Lord was going to destroy the whole remnant by destroying Jerusalem. And the Lord said their iniquity was very great, and he is bringing their conduct upon their heads. Then the man in linen, at whose loins was the writing case reported, I have done just as you have commanded me. 
The vision continues in chapter 10 with something resembling a throne appeared above them. At the Lord's command, the man in linen got coals of fire from between the cherubim and scattered them over the city. Verse 2. The rest of the chapter describes the event of when the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood up over the cherubim. Verse 18. This vision was similar to the vision in the beginning of this book, but the vision was not finished yet. In chapter 11, the Spirit lifted Ezekiel up to the east gate of the Lord's house, and there were 25 men at the entrance of the gate, and among them Ezekiel saw Jezaniah son of Azur and Pelatiah son of Benaiah, leaders of the people. The first may be the same Jezaniah as before, and maybe Azur is either the dad or the grandfather, or he could be a totally different person. And we do not know the other person. But what we do know is that they are political leaders of the people who are not being fair and who give evil advice. Ezekiel is to prophesy against them. Again, in verse 10, we see the phrase, So you shall know that I am the Lord. As Ezekiel prophesied, Pelatiah, son of Benaiah, died. This caused Ezekiel to fall on his face again and cry out, Alas, Lord God, will you bring the remnant of Israel to a complete end? Then in verse 14 begins the promise of restoration. The Lord reminds Ezekiel that he has a sanctuary for those who were scattered into other countries. Verse 16, And he will gather them again and will give them the land again. Verse 17, When they come back, all the detestable things will be gone, and the Lord will give them a new spirit within them. He will take the heart of stone out and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in the Lord's ways, his statutes, his ordinances, and they will do them. Then they will become my people, and I shall be their God. Verse 20. Ezekiel's vision ends with the glory of the Lord went up from the city and stood over the mountain, which is east of the city, which may have been the Mount of Olives. The spirit brought Ezekiel back to the exiles in Chaldea. The vision left him and he told the exiles everything that the Lord had shown him. So what has the Lord shown you during this lesson? One thing we do see is that the Lord's people are being judged because of their sinfulness and abominations against the Lord. But there is still a word of hope and there is still a remnant of faithful people who will experience the restoration of Israel in the future. We also see in Ezekiel's life that sometimes serving the Lord is hard, but for me it has not been as hard as he had it. The writer of the New Testament book of Hebrews has a long list of people of the Old Testament who have lived in faith. And then in chapter 11, verses 13 through 16, he writes, All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, 
they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. This is John chapter 14, verse 2. If we are believers in Christ, we too are in exile here on this earth until we get to our heavenly home where people have the spirit of God within them and a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. So are you ready? If you hear his voice today, don't harden your heart like stone. Instead, let's have a soft heart toward the ways of the Lord and let us obey. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.